So apparently news has come out uh, even more so than ever. Because with the fact that this was the first official full week of Triple H being in charge, you know, fully of Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown, I mean, there are a few little things left over still, like maybe I would say 15, 10%, you know, of what Vince and Bruce and all of them had planned. But a majority of it was all Triple H. And you could see that. The best way you could see that, of course, was in the in-ring um, presentation. You know, the in-ring presentation. As well as the return of a lot of talents. You know, including the re-signing of some talents. Most notably at SummerSlam, we saw the return and the re-signing of Dakota Kai. You know, last night, or Friday on SmackDown, uh, and especially with the fact that, as I mentioned before, it was reported earlier in the day, believe it or not, we saw the return of Karrion Cross and Lady Scarlet. And pretty much that kind of confirms a little suspicion, speculation on my part. You see, I mentioned when I talked about the Ric Flair last match uh, event, if you will, the independent show that they did, that in my mind, there was no doubt Triple H was probably backstage. I mean, if we're going to see pictures of Brian Pillman Jr. alongside Rey Mysterio and Unmastery Mysterio and Dominic, then to me, Triple H, Paul Levesque had to be backstage as well to you know, be there in support of Rick's you know, last match, hopefully, in the eyes of a lot of folks. But also, I think Hunter was there, Paul was there, because he was also talking, recruiting, and even potentially signing some talent to return or eventually make their debut. One of those being Karrion Cross, formerly Killer Cross, and Scarlet. And boy, did they make a return on SmackDown, at the end of SmackDown, that got everybody talking. I mean, a lot of people have said that this, and even I said it, this is how he should have debuted originally, even back when Vince was running things. And, you know, just by his, re, his re-debut, if you will, last night on SmackDown, that pretty much wiped the slate clean, in my opinion, of what they did to him previously. Because now you're putting him right where he needs to be, in the main event picture with a Drew McIntyre, with a Roman Reigns, and whoever else they're going to bring to the table. And you even have him telling uh, Roman, you know, basically, hey, time's running out on your reign. I'm going to be on top soon. And, oh, here's the visual representation of what I'm talking about with the hourglass. So, you know, that, so that right there is how you basically make not just a return for somebody, but a re-debut, and basically how you pretty much wipe clean, like I said, and fix what was screwed up beforehand. Now, with that said, reports have come out that Triple H does not plan on stopping. Yes, right. The reports are coming out that Triple H, according to Fightful Select, is going to continue, you know, going at full speed, you know, from here on out. Whether it's storylines, whether it's call-ups that he, on people he feels already, whether it's returns, whatever the case may be, he is not stopping. 
he basically wants to essentially fix what was devastated, what was wiped, you know, basically wiped into oblivion, if you will, by, you know, by Vince and Bruce. Now, will some of the decisions he may potentially make go over well with fans? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, on SmackDown, there was one moment. And it's one of the moments people are talking about. And it's a moment that if they did a review, some people, like just Alex, Alex Hicks, has kind of clipped out of his live stream to post as its own video. And that is the fact that Liv Morgan, the SmackDown Women's Champion, got booed. Now, she did get some cheers. There's no doubt she did get some cheers. We're not going to deny that. But most of the time, she got booed, apparently. And it's mainly because, from what it sounds like, she didn't own up to what happened at SummerSlam. Now, in case you guys don't know what I mean, basically, Ronda Rousey was dominating most, of, most, if not a majority, of that match. We'll put it this way. We'll put it this way. If you want to look at it from a percentage standpoint, Ronda, Ronda Rousey was in control for 90% of that match. Well, Liv only got like 10% of offense. That's it. Basically, Ronda was wiping the floor with her. And what happened is Ronda was focusing on the arm of Liv on several occasions. Um, to the point, to the point that basically on, I think, the third attempt, on the third attempt, Ronda was on the mat holding Liv in the armbar submission, but by doing so, she had her shoulders on the mat. And because of that, the referee counted three on Ronda. But here's, here's the controversy that lies within. Here's the controversy that lies within, you know, uh, that decision and why a lot of fans were booing Liv for not, you know, taking responsibility, not owning up to it. You see, before the referee's hand hit three, as it hit two, Liv was tapping. Liv was tapping out. So by default, had the referee kind of, you know, not looked at the shoulders, but kind of go up and down, like look at the shoulders, look at what's going up, you know, above the shoulders, like, you know, with the submission where Liv is tied up, up and everything. If he would have gone up and down, you know, kind of move, bob his head up, up and down, kind of go from doing the one, the two, and all of a sudden he sees the tapping, then by default, Ronda would have won. But that didn't happen. The referee only saw and focused on the, on the shoulders and pinned Ronda, even though Liv tapped out at two. And thus, you had a Ronda heel turn afterwards. But believe it or not, a lot of fans feel it's a justified heel turn and a justified snapping by Ronda because basically the referee did not pay attention to what happened. And this is why a lot of fans were booing Liv. You know, again, like I said, she had some cheers, no doubt. But a lot of fans were booing her because she wasn't owning up to what happened. And this is a decision potentially down the line that fans may not be kind of cool with when it comes to Triple H. Now, it may not be Triple H that makes this decision. It may be Bruce. 
I mean, if they're going to work together as a team, as Triple H is letting on, then he's obviously got to let Bruce have some say. Kind of show that, hey, I don't hold no grudges. I'll let you have your say here and there, and we'll try to run with it, see what happens. This might be a Bruce Pritchard idea. Bruce might be the one that says, you know what? You know what would be the best direction for Liv? Turn her heel. Turn her into a cowardly heel. Now you might say, well, that's stupid. That's the most obvious route to go. And it is. It is the most obvious route to go. But look at it this way. If you're positioning Liv to come out, and I guess you could say fumble on her words, not say what needs to be said, and basically not own up to what happened at SummerSlam, then it might be the best direction for her. You never know. It might be the best decision. Because here you'll have somebody that, let's say it happens again. She's, like I said, it might be the best direction to go. Because even if, let's say, Bruce is the one that makes, suggests the idea, Triple H might be the one that runs with it and says, hey, you know what? That does sound like a good idea, but here's how we can make it work even better. Here's how we can prove the critics that don't want it to happen wrong. And you could have basically a similar, you could basically have her turn heel against, of all people, Shayna Baszler. Because as I was trying to say before the phone rang there, Shayna Baszler is scheduled to face Liv next at Clash at the Castle in Cardiff. And everybody obviously is projecting, from an odd standpoint, Shayna to win. But what if, what if history repeats itself and Liv, and Liv somehow survives? Even though Shayna is being positioned once again like she was in NXT and just like she was when she first came to the main roster as a killing machine, what if Liv survives again? The storyline could be that she's always finding a way out, even if it's not the right way or even if it's controversial. You could build on that and then you could basically, from a story aspect, build on her turning heel and basically accepting any kind of win she'll get. And, that, and that's kind of the feeling a lot of people are getting from, you know, from Friday, from her promo, from an interview. That she, it sounds like she's turning into somebody that realizes, man, I'm in this division, you know, the SmackDown Women's Division with a bunch of tough women, two of them are MMA fighters, you know, trained MMA fighters. One is, the, one is Charlotte, you know, or the other is Charlotte. And then potentially you got Sasha Banks coming back along with Naomi. I mean, that division on SmackDown is going to be huge. There's no doubt. And then you got, uh, well, actually you got three. Three, now think of it, three ladies with MMA backgrounds and, you know, in Ronda, Shayna, and Sonya. So we know that. And then again, like I said, you got, you know, the likes of Charlotte coming back. You got Sasha and Naomi potentially coming back. Well, not potentially, but inevitably coming back. You got Raquel Rodriguez, Gonzalez, if you will. You have a big, you got a big enough roster for the, for the SmackDown Women's Division to where if you have someone like Liv Morgan as champion, from a story aspect, she could potentially be like, you know what? I know I'm probably going to get my ass kicked a lot, so I got to do whatever I can do to win and take whatever way I win 
you know, as an opportunity to still be champion. And they could build upon that. Again, this could be an idea that was suggested, if not made, by Bruce. Triple H may have said, hey, it sounds good, and this is how we could probably work it. And, you know, maybe knowing how Triple H is, he can make it work to where people that don't want it to work, don't like the idea, will embrace it. You know, they will embrace it. But, yeah, you know, you know, there are going to be ideas that he'll come up with or people around him will suggest and he might take under advisement or even take and say, yeah, well, let's run with it, see what happens, that nobody's going to agree with. But, again, everybody points out that this is Triple H. This is Hunter Hearst Helmsley. This is Paul Levesque, Paul Triple H Levesque. This is the game, the King of Kings. Someone that competed in the ring for over 30 years, three and a half decades. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And if he feels, you know, that, hey, if we go this route with a potential Liv Morgan heel turn to where every time she faces an opponent like a Ronda, like a Shayna, like a Sonya, like a Raquel, like a Sasha, like a Naomi, like a Charlotte. And, you know, she always finds a way to win, even if it's controversial or if it's by disqualification, count out, whatever. It's going to basically make the fans, believe it or not, turn on her even more because now they're seeing that the person they support is not a real champion. She's just a cowardly heel. Well, she's, well, not a real, well, not a cowardly, well, yeah, a cowardly heel, but they'll see that she's not a real fighting champion like she said she would be. She's a cowardly champion who just wants the championship for relevancy. And that's it. And look, I agree. I agree. Right now, you know, it may not be the best idea to turn on a heel, but if it's done correctly, you never know. You never know. So Triple H definitely, according to reports, is making a lot of moves. He's making a lot of moves, and he's not going to stop. And if one of those moves is to turn someone like Liv Morgan heel, but do it in a way that actually will be embraced by those that even don't like the idea, then I say go for it. Especially if you know Liv's you know, title defenses keep ending in a similar fashion to where she'll take any win at any opportunity. Thus proving she's not a fighting champion like she said she would be, but a cowardly champion that you turn her heel. You turn the fans against her. Which, again, like I said, may, not a lot of people like the idea, but I think, it's a, I think it's a great idea. I think it's worth looking into and giving a chance to. Even if it's something suggested by Bruce. You know, it could be suggested. Triple H could take it and say, hey, it sounds good. But, but as I mentioned, Triple H could be the one that helps it grow. Like Bruce could come up with it, Triple H could take it, Triple H helps it grow. There you go. So he's doing whatever it takes to get people watching. Even if it means taking someone like a Liv Morgan and turning her potentially into a heel because you know she's going to be the kind of champion that will take any win she can to keep her title. And eventually I think what that could lead to, like I said, is the storyline of her wanting that title because she's afraid without it She'll fade into obscurity. She'll fade into obscurity and be forgotten. And she doesn't want that. She doesn't want to be in that position anymore. So you could tell a story like that. You know, even if it means having the fans boo, boo her, you could have her try to explain to the baby face, hey, I'm doing this because I'm afraid that if I lose this, I'm going to lose everything. 
So I think, so I think the idea potentially has legs to it, especially if Triple H is the one that takes the idea that Bruce probably suggested and runs with it and says, okay, we'll do this, Bruce, but let me be the one that handles it. It could happen. You see, again, that is, that is what I'm reading here with the reports of he's not going to stop making impactful moves. Some changes that he believes is going to get people, uh, people's eyes on the product. I mean, heck, the ratings were up for Raw on Monday, the first night in, officially into his regime. Obviously, the ratings are going to be up for SmackDown. So it definitely tells you that he knows what to do. And remember, he is someone that competed in the ring for three and a half decades. Three and a half decades. So he knows how to work things to where they need to be worked. How they basically move things on how they need to be moved. And basically get people's eyes on the product that need to be on there. As well as send a message. As well as send a message to other promotions out there like an AEW that, hey, we ain't messing around no more. Playtime's over. I mean, he was on what? Impulsive, right? Uh, Logan Paul's, Logan and Jake Paul's uh, YouTube podcast show, whatever. He was on Impulsive and he took a shot from what I understand and somebody put a meme up about it. He took a shot at AEW in New Japan's Forbidden Door. You know, like, he's proud of the momentum they got and the fact that they're existing because it makes everybody else better. But he also took a shot at Forbidden Door saying it was a great show. But imagine how better it would have been if it was done by professionals. You know, kind of taking a shot at sometimes, like, I guess, the camera work or the build or the setup or whatever. But he took a shot at Forbidden Door and said, hey, just imagine how better it would have been done by professionals. Like people know, basically saying, hey, imagine how good that Forbidden Door pay-per-view would have been if people like us in the WWE were helping out behind the scenes. You know, you know that, that shows you right there, just by taking a little crack shot at, the, at Forbidden Door, that kind of shows you right there that, you know, he does respect AEW. He does respect what Tony Khan's trying to do. But he also realizes that they still have a lot to learn. They have a lot of growing and a lot, to, a lot more to learn and a lot more growing, I should say, to do before they get to that level. Because obviously he hears and sees all the shots people take at them by calling them an ind- a major independent show with big lights. Or just a major independent show that got lucky to have a major television deal. And that's it. You know, they don't take look at them as anything more than that, you know, but he knows that they're there try, helping to make things better for everybody. But, again, him taking that little shot shows that he's saying, hey, if we were running it, it would have been, it would have looked a lot better and would have been promoted better than what you guys did. You know, he's not saying that the show wasn't bad. The, the matches on the show weren't bad or anything. He's just saying, hey, if it was done by us, it, it would have looked a hell of a lot better, you know, production-wise and everything, and the promoting from it would have been a lot better, too. So, yeah, he's not messing around anymore, Triple H. Triple H isn't messing around anymore. And the moves that he has made within this first week, this first week from SummerSlam up to now, definitely shows that. And this is why I titled and I talked about in my one video, which suddenly shot up as of last, you know, as of, you know, Friday night, apparently, 
you know, from like 80 something views to 140 views. Thank you for, and thank you so much for that. This is why I said that Tony Khan is about to be in a war he has never experienced before. Like, yeah, he won the Wednesday Night Wars. Don't get me wrong. But now he's going to be in for a war unlike anything he's ever faced before. He's going to be in for competition like he's never experienced before when it comes to wrestling. Which is now why suddenly, because Tony Khan's obviously seeing this now. Suddenly, he's putting, up a, he's putting together teams, you know, in the, in the areas needed behind the scenes to take a lot, of, a, a lot of the pressure off him. Because I think he's realizing, hell, if I take this all upon myself, I'm screwing both my companies. I need to hand it off to some other people, and he's doing that. So he's learning. He's learning by the fact that people are talking more about WWE than AEW. And if you're someone that's running your own company, the second biggest company in the world... Where you once had all this momentum, and now people are talking about the competition, you know that you know they used to piss on, on and while they were praising you, you know when you start hearing people praising it more than you, that gets under your skin to the point that where it makes you realize, okay, playtime's over. I need to get serious, and I'm sure people behind the scenes talked to him and said, hey, you need to get serious, Tony, or else we're history. Or else we're in trouble kind of deal. Especially with the television deals coming up that everybody points out. Yeah, it's time for him to wake up and grow up and realize playtime is over. Even if they're on separate nights, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Or on the, on the same night but separate time slots, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because... If some, because if people are going to talk more about SmackDown over Rampage, even if Rampage was live because it's part of a, what is it, two-hour, three-hour you know, live event where the Battle of the Belts were filmed as well. You know, if you're going to have people talking more about SmackDown over a great Rampage, then yeah, you need to get your act together. If you're going to have talk, people talking more about Raw over Dynamite, even though Dynamite came out two days afterwards and it was looked at as a good show... You need to get your act together. You need to get everything together. So yeah, this past week proves one thing to a lot of us. And, you know, even to Tony Khan, Triple H ain't playing around no more. As Fightful Select reported, he is basically off to the races nonstop right now to make sure that this company, WWE, Raw, SmackDown, NXT... Is once again the company people want to be of, you know, be a part of, people are talking about, uh, and the one that puts out the best product, if not, you know, the greatest wrestling product in the world. But yeah, I got to hand it to Hunter. Two thumbs up, in my opinion. Off to a great start, my friend. Off to a great start. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that. But let me know what your thoughts are on Triple H's first full week in charge of WWE as head of creative and talent relations, you do you think he do you think he's going to eventually have to take a break here and there, or do you think he is going to, as Fightful Select put it, go nonstop until he's gotten this back to the prominence it needs to be? And do you think Tony Khan has finally, or at least starting to, wake up to the fact that playtime is over, and now it's time to get down to business? Let me know what your thoughts are down below. Comment if you like. Like chat during the premiere. Like the video. Venmo. 
me at Brian-Warmer-2CashApp at BWRoses98. Check me out at all your favorite audio podcast locations except for Pandora at BWRoses Discussions. Also check me out at Vimo at BWRoses for content you can't get anywhere else except there. Also check me out at DeviantArt.com slash BVW1979. Also check me out at FanFiction.net slash dash Brian.Warmer.1. That's numeral one. And yeah, that's about it, guys. Take me oh, and check me out at my Teespring store and at my t- Patreon at BW Roses. But yeah, guys, just wanted to come on here, you know, give you my thoughts on the first on Triple H's first full week in charge. Again, giving the guy a thumbs up because I think he's saying not only is he obviously as Fightful Select puts it off to the races nonstop, but he is sending a message directly to everybody, including Tony Khan. Playtime is over, and the war, the, comp- the probably the most competitive wrestling war in history, or in quite some time, is about to begin. But let me know what your guys' thoughts are, and I am out. <laughs>